Hi Pratik. Hi Rishabh, how are you? Very good Pratik. I think uh, students have started joining us. Right. We'll just wait for a few seconds, then we'll start. Sure, sure. Sounds good. Welcome to the Startup and Career Podcast. Here we discuss everything about startup and corporate life with founders and business leaders who share their real life experiences. So today we have with us Hi Pratik. Hi Rishabh, I don't know what happened, but I couldn't hear you for just a brief second. Uh, but thank you for the intro. I, I heard quite a bit of it and, uh, and I'm glad to be here. I think it's, it's a wonderful time for startups in India. A great time uh, for upcoming entrepreneurs and just, just too happy to be here. Great, great. So to all our listeners, let me introduce Pratik to all of you. He's the co-founder and CEO of Vanity Wagon, India's first and largest clean beauty marketplace. His passion is to create a robust and one-of-a-kind e-commerce platform which sets the bar really high. Hailing from defense family, Pratik finished law from ILS Pune and MBA from University of Oxford. His expertise is in project finance and business management. So Pratik, uh, would be great if you can throw some light on your professional journey to begin with. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so thanks for that wonderful intro. Uh, professionally, so uh, my journey is quite a mixed one. I think that's the case for most millennials in our uh, in our generation. So I started off with law as my primary sort of uh, professional point of reference. I uh, I, pra I was practicing banking finance for about four years. Uh, realized that uh, I wasn't seeing a long term future in that in that sort of vertical. Uh, so came back, helped my father set up a very small educational business in in India. And uh, while that was happening, uh, realized that an MBA was the right step. So, so that was sort of, and, and again, so I was already about seven years in my career as a professional. So decided that MBA at that time would add a lot of uh, value. Uh, so went to Oxford, finished my MBA in 2017, uh, saw a great opportunity in India in, in, the, in the clean beauty segment. And, and that's what brought me back from the UK uh, and started variety. Of course, rest is history for me. Oh, absolutely. But uh, Pratik, that leads me to ask you another question because e-commerce, right? Uh, you had no prior experience. So how did the idea of a clean beauty marketplace come about in the first place? Right. So I'll tell you, I think uh, as an entrepreneur, you go through a lot of, uh, lot of small, small data points before you make a decision, right? So our, my thought process began first by seeing Lush uh, as a brand. So Lush is a very popular brand in the UK. They make handmade soaps and and handmade shampoo bars and you could just walk into a store and uh, actually pick up anything they would slice a piece out of it and say this is your soap so i was so moved by that thought i said okay so this is really interesting right and i had not seen that in india just just by then i was of course a user of more commercial products uh, now when that was happening uh, i realized that okay i need to do something in beauty because i saw a great 
amount of uh, effort being put in by brands and that was reciprocated very well by customers across the world uh, so i said okay let's do something in beauty then that was the first step the second step of course was uh, mena my better half she and me deciding uh, that we need to come back to india and do this because again india is a big market for almost everything that you see out there and then of course the last decision was uh, we were initially thinking of starting up a a road show sort of a company which would do events from place to place that's why the name vanity wagon uh, but then realized that's that's very capital intensive we'll have to spend a lot of money plus brands would not work with us so easily right so it's not so easy to walk up to a brand and say come do an event with me uh, they didn't know us we were not known in the industry uh, so we said let's do something digital because digital is of course much more affordable it's reasonable from a rental point of view you can rent a lot of technology and uh, and yeah so we bootstrapped the company for about 2 years uh, and and build up parity back in there on wow that's that's interesting so uh, prati if you can talk a little more about uh, the business of vanity magazine in you know in in greater detail so so i i uh, so this is for everybody who is interested in the marketplace stroke platform uh, model of a business right and especially that's very interesting today after nike became a unicorn um so now you know unicorn nike became a ipo and uh, purple and hearing today the news came out has become a unicorn so so it's very interesting to understand how a marketplace runs uh, there are a lot of levers uh, how a marketplace business uh, will flourish the number one lever has to be marketing for you it has to be some content marketing and the communication you send out there because uh, for any platform there is no tangible product so for uh, for even me to go on another uh, platform like an amazon amazon does not own most of the products that you see in front of you uh, it's all it's, it's mostly about experience how amazon treats me as a customer what kind of delivery experience i'm getting uh, what kind of marketing is amazon doing plus what kind of offers i get and all of that so that is actually what builds up a a, a platform and uh, that is the core of our business as well much different from a brand right so for a brand product is very important for us the product is technology that we are uh, the, the actual website or the application that goes out there true true absolutely uh, pratik but in that sense uh, you know uh, how did this thought of actually creating an amazon for a clean beauty come across because scaling up is not easy right yeah. uh, and and uh, amazon is a huge huge uh, corporation of that matter even flipkart but how did you choose this line and how did you scale up your business right so i think uh, it was in one sense tough uh, yet it was very uh, rewarding so tough when i say it is because of the fact that you already had amazon in india there was already mintra uh, starting beauty nike was already existing when we started so in that sense it's very tough because customers uh, can't trust you on day one so anybody who starts a business today has to understand it is not going to be that day one you do a marketing campaign and everybody trusts you and starts shopping from you that is just not the case so it starts off from a very word of mouth sort of a strategy where you start building up uh, small small uh, you could say small small areas or small small regions where people start to know you you could do it either in the form of radio you could do it in the form of regular word of mouth or even pamphlets for that matter so this is very early on uh, day one of the business and then of course you start slowly scaling this up to a digital marketing platform where you start doing uh, some google ads some facebook ads youtube picks up today of course video is very big so 2018 video as a content piece was not so big uh, today it's become much bigger so anybody starting a business today has to be very 
clear that video content is something that they will have to have to work on and uh, from a competition point of view i think it's just about creating the right value system for your customers so uh, any business needs to understand customers will value you for a couple of things you should be very clear as an entrepreneur that these are the things the customer will value me for so i value netflix for on time or on demand video uh, which is great and it's absolutely modern i value amazon for the delivery it does so these are value propositions that you need to understand what my business is all about and uh, and that's what we've been able to crack at vanity and i think that's what is works for us so you made an interesting uh, point prateek because value proposition is the one of the most important factor for any startup to begin with right? right i mean we do talk about product market fit and all of that but i think what is the value that a company derives so how did you uh, zero down on that portion right so i think uh, then again so uh, either you could be a lucky entrepreneur to have mentors on day one uh, i see a lot of those kind of companies stroke entrepreneurs coming in the market today so uh, a very a very good example is of course mr kunal shah doing cred he is not a first time entrepreneur he understands how businesses are run so that way your learning graph is already ahead right so you're not starting from day 0 you're actually starting from day 100 uh, for us it was different because both nana and me were first time entrepreneurs uh, we had absolutely no uh, how would i put it no learning in real time experience in terms of running a business so we had to learn the hard way our first pivot was understanding the brands that we get on board so that time uh, what happened is a lot of brands a lot of uh, regular brands were visible on nike so nike if you would go you would see a lot of uh, mainstream brands l'oreal lacme and a lot of these guys a lot of these companies were doing anyways doing very well whereas because we were a clean beauty portal we could not have l'oreal on our portal so we started working backwards with those brands who were slightly coming up mama earth that time was of course young and we said we'll work with these guys very strongly we'll not focus on the top companies out there we'll focus on the mid size companies and work with them uh, because customers will be accepting it and plus from the day one we we made sure we have inventory in our uh, direct inventory from the brand so there was no uh, counterfeit fake products that we were selling we were selling actually products picked up from the brand's warehouse so these i think two value props were very strong for us from day one and then of course today uh, the scenario is much larger we have changed quite a bit we are a plastic neutral company but this is much later in the stage uh, day zero i think brands and uh, authenticity were the two sort of biggest value props for us well uh, that that's quite uh, interesting pratik but when you when were you scaling it right uh, how did you go about it did you get the suppliers first or you got the customers first because there is just, it's always a chicken and egg right i mean yeah. uh, how do you evaluate on that aspect right so i think you can look at it both ways so if if you are starting up uh, from ground zero you could either uh, do it in a way that you start doing a lot of uh, first hand promotions in terms of teasers uh, start creating some noise around your product and then you launch the product so which is one of which is a good strategy if you have a, a decent marketing budget so if your marketing budget allows you to do this uh, that you create the hype and then launch a product then super do that that's i think one of the best things you could do for your business because then day zero you would not be disheartened when you see one order after probably four hours uh, but but yeah uh, we were uh, we come both nana and me come from humble families we have a defense background so uh, so we were starting up with a lot of capital that was bootstrapped and we had to make sure that we spend uh, every penny spent for us was about that user stroke that conversion we could do 
so we started of course with the business first we launched the tech we launched deployed the website first few days was friends and family so we told everybody around in our network that why don't you try the website tell us what do you see wrong what do you see right and then with those small uh, changes we made sure that we launch uh, a, a platform that people really like and that's what we did and then it went straight into marketing so we went straight into all the ads we could do back then also started doing email marketing uh, we were in one sense very uh, i would say lucky in a sense that we we had access to database from from a couple of uh, networks that we worked in the past so we could use leverage that net uh, that database and then start email marketing and sms marketing there interesting so uh, pratik how did you garner first 100 set of customers and how did your approach change for next 1000 and beyond so so i think your strategy has to evolve uh, first 100 customers has to be about uh, not trying to become a large company so don't try to compete with the large players out there for us also that was the aim we were not looking at any large player rather we were focused that okay these are i am going to start uh, advertising in these these regions with this this set of costs i am try i was so first 100 customers very targeted customer base right so you are actually targeting uh, let's take an example of a social ad or a digital ad you will be targeting users who are uh, friendly with shopping beauty online who read about beauty so there are a lot of those attributes that you would apply to the first set of ads and so that can is that if, if you do it the right way spend the right money monitor your ads you can very much get to the first 100 with ease the journey becomes more and more tough as you scale this up so the next 1000 is then about establishing credibility uh, establishing your supply chain as a marketplace you have to deliver products on time today india is a is a very fast delivery uh, country you're looking at companies like zepto blinkit doing deliveries within hours so you have to evolve to a level where you can deliver products if not if not more at least in about so if not less at least in two days right so you got to deliver in two, two to three days max in across the country so we established those supply chains then the next uh, and today's scale is much different today it's about customer servicing people expect that from us so now we have a, a large customer servicing team you would get a call back somebody trying to understand your order helping you out with the process plus we have a loyalty engine so now you get even loyalty for every purchase you make so now it's of course that now we are at a scale, at a stage where uh our scale is much different and the needs of the business is much different but but i think it takes these step by step activities to to get there uh, and 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 we 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 done it right in our in our business this time around interesting so pratik since uh, so many students are listening to you live right now sure. so can you talk about what does it take to actually build an online marketplace platform for anybody now right so i think uh, number 1 it's not very tough to build a marketplace uh when i say build it means the tech part of it to start off so basic tech is very 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 much taken care of right so you've got uh, these websites such as shopify wordpress and all of these companies who allow uh, absolutely anybody with with a basic tech knowledge to build a website so that is number one so technology can be rented focus on renting technology don't focus on buying it or constructing it on day zero uh then the second part is of course customer acquisition uh the scenarios have changed since we launched so when when we launched facebook and google were uh very responsive when it came to ads you would get a very high roi i have seen personally my business roi is even 12x 
but that's a dream now you will not get those rois on facebook and google so find so after you've built your tech then find marketing avenues stroke uh if you are a b2b marketplace then find lead generating avenues for yourself right so you could be a b2b b2c a vertical or a horizontal so find that uh, that differentiation uh, that channel in which you will get users so number one point then has to be getting users and then of course start worrying about how you will retain them how you will convert them so some some companies today are gamifying their marketplace some companies are pivoting towards live commerce so live commerce like even i think mintra is doing quite a bit of that on their own platform that is another way of converting users so that's not a way in which you get users but you convert them better so this three step process has to be followed i think the tech setting a marketing uh, right then of course uh, getting users and then finally retaining them true true absolutely so pratik uh, you did talk about what is uh, vertical and horizontal marketplaces so what are the broad types of online marketplaces that we see right so of course uh, you've got uh, so from a business point of view to a customer point of view uh, you've got definitely a b2b and a b2c differentiation uh, and then of course you've got vertical marketplaces you've got horizontal marketplaces a b2b marketplace essentially would be one where you transact with a business so a business is your consumer uh, you see that happening across different different uh, industries today uh, construction is one such example where a where a company could go and buy uh, materials for its Uh, building stock etc from a marketplace so that is b2b b2c of course is where you target a dedicated customer a user uh, in a human form and you and you build that business out uh, across uh, that that vertical so b2c is more uh, you require more users to make a large business b2b require in comparative a lesser uh, a sort of a lesser uh, user base uh, then of course you've got horizontal and vertical uh, you could be a multi category marketplace like amazon so amazon is of course everybody knows they are present across categories electronics uh, you've got shoes you've got clothing fashion beauty so you've got a lot of different uh, categories they deal with and then there is our style of marketplace which is uh, which is very horizontal we are looking at uh, we are looking at only beauty as a category personal care as a category which is what nike used to do but later they pivoted more towards the vertical side of things so that's i think the the broad differentiation of marketplaces for me got it got it so uh, you know moving on if i were to understand a process right uh, how does it look like so what happens when a buyer actually places an order right can you talk about it for the benefit of our students sure so i think uh, so in 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 today's i can talk about today of course there there wouldn't be much of logic talking about the day one but today how it would look like is uh, we've got sops defined across different different uh, so look at look at a marketplace like a mega project right so it's a mega project uh, you input uh, a certain uh, a certain value and you have to of course output that value as well so the input for us is the order coming in so customer would order on the website all our teams would be uh, triggered that time this is mostly on the supply chain side uh data teams are different right so let's talk about the supply first so as soon as the the order is received uh our uh, our labeling team automatically receives it on their dashboard uh which is then of course forwarded to a packaging team the packaging team would then start packing products so i'm talking about only one order but of course we see orders in volumes so we don't do it order by order it it gets processed in in batches uh but yeah so the packaging would start then and then of course post packaging uh, there is a dispatch team that handles dispatch 
it also gets segregated depending on where it is going uh, depending on which warehouse it's going from so that is the segregation at that level and then of course the order is sent uh, then the trigger starts of the customer servicing team which would then start tracking your order making sure the customer gets it if he doesn't get it what is the problem if he doesn't want it then again uh, asking the right questions and then finally it will be followed up by the marketing team which will again retarget or maybe send a, an automated email to you uh, saying that hello you've received a product from vanity would you like to review your purchase stroke would you like to reorder so that's the broad process then of course there are plenty of teams involved in every step but but yeah that's the broad process got it got it so pratik how does an online marketplace actually earn money can you can you share the broad financial models which are there in the industry Sure. So I think this is this is one uh, which my investors would like to hear more. But but yeah, I think uh, <laughs> online marketplaces definitely uh, have uh, a lot of avenues in which they can earn capital. One of them is of course the the money that you earn from actually selling that product. So uh, just like imagine a store, a large store, offline store, uh, they would stock products from different different brands. Uh, they actually have commission on each of those products. Uh, so it's the same uh, broad business channel that we all learned from the beginning of our business journey, right? So wholesaler plus retailer, and then of course, so you're at the retailer level, you get some margins to work with. Uh, some discounts come from brands, some offers would come from them, and then you work, you get your money on every product sold. So that's number one. Uh, second, of course, is uh, marketing revenue, as they call it today. Uh, so Nike, of course, is a great example. It's a public company, so all data is out there. You could very much read their uh, entire balance sheet now. So they have a huge subset of marketing revenue, which is uh, so today. If you see a website of Nike or a or a social media account or any of the digital stroke offline channels, they broadcast about certain brands, right? So are you doing a sale saying that powered by Puma? What that essentially means is that. that brand is paying some capital to the marketplace to put their name there so that is marketing revenue and uh, and then of course uh, you've got tertiary revenue coming in in case you go offline omni channel so you start earning similar pattern from there uh, plus uh, a lot of marketplaces then pivot towards making their own brands so a very good example here is uh, is nike doing its own label called nike uh, cosmetics so that's a that's their own brand and of course they make money there as well so uh, these are broadly i think three or four uh, patterns in which marketplaces earn money interesting interesting so you also plan to launch your own uh, brand right so in fact uh, we are working aggressively on that model uh, we are more of brand enablers as we call ourselves so we are not working on launching our own labels and competing with our own brands rather we are very focused on helping the brands that are on the platform and then of course having those strategic arrangements where our commissions might be higher and uh, or our discounts will be better than other marketplaces so uh, let's say a brand a is selling on vanity and also selling on amazon uh, we decide to help them every way through the data we have we tell them we'll market for you at a at a very minimal cost uh, but then we want a 5% higher margin so that is these are some of the conversations we are having uh, and definitely looking to launch our own labels also soon interesting so uh, pratik moving on uh, for an online marketplace data security is also very important right so how do you prevent leaks and frauds right so i think uh, this is this is one more on the on the tech side of things which i which i began my conversation with right so in case you are a, if you are a company that's renting technology a lot of these concerns are not going to be yours 
so uh, i'll take it in two ways if you're a, if you're a company that builds your tech from scratch uh, then how you host your data where you what cloud servers are you using uh, what kind of security measures are there that is somewhat your concern uh, which is today with the case with companies such as google companies such as apple their data are hosted by them completely and i'm sure everybody is read about those uh, congressional hearings they were having and all of that so that is all because of they controlling their own data right uh, then comes a model where you rent technology when i say rent technology you are paying a monthly retainer for uh, for somebody else actually using that uh, allowing you to use their platform allowing you to use their uh, co-shared servers etc which is something like what shopify and wordpress etc do uh, so the advantage today if you are starting up you can use that you can pay a monthly fee of 30 dollars 40 dollars and goes up right it depends on what scale you are at and you would not have to worry about data management stroke security because that is taken care of by shopify uh, but yeah if if you are starting and you want to build your own website on 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 magento or or any of those uh, curated platforms then of course you'll have to start worrying about aws servers or and and understand understanding what kind of security are you providing from a financial point of view uh, security is very uh, very good in india i would say the uh, financial transaction network is very very good so if you're transacting on any platform and let's say you get a pop up of your uh, of the kind of payment gateway using so for example paytm stroke razer pay they are highly robust uh, because they are very very well controlled by rbi so all your financial data is not shared with the marketplace uh, i do not have access to any customers credit card debit cards anything they put in during a transaction uh, during a financial transaction i only have access to his uh, name number email and probably the address that they put for uh, the order and but again that is also very highly encrypted and saved in a in a server that only a few people have access to so that's how we manage all of this wow interesting so uh, pratik moving on what are the broad challenges that these online marketplaces are facing and maybe you could also talk about uh, some of the challenges that you faced sure so i think challenges marketplaces face uh, are uh, one primarily around uh, finding their own differentiator so because if you see, if you see out there today as well right so if you, if you look at fashion or any other uh, large category electronics you've got so many marketplaces a customer has so many options how do you become that place where the customer shops from so that is i think the biggest challenge right so find your differentiator uh, find what makes you stand out from others and continue building on that so i think that is the challenge and that is what exactly we've been focused at vanity on i think the second uh, challenge there are a couple of business challenges that of course come about so it could be from team team building is always of course uh, finding the right people right resources who understand your mission vision and are willing to work with you uh, then financial challenges also come in because uh, of course it's expensive to do marketing out there so if you don't demonstrate growth at the right times then you would of course be challenged by investors for investment uh, which is not the best place to be in right so uh, being devoid of capital uh, being devoid of growth capital can lead to a very slow growth which could be a choice for some entrepreneurs but also could be a a forced choice in some cases which is something that you should definitely look at right from the beginning that how are you building a company that investors value uh, so i think yeah these these broad challenges would definitely come about for every marketplace uh, again depends how how each one performs with them true true 
so pratik you you spoke about investors as well right so how did you uh, go about uh, you know in securing funding from investors what do you think something that works and what doesn't work right so i think this is very similar to what would work in an interview so i uh, i remember so i started my professional journey in 20 2010 and 2011 and uh, the 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 first sort of learning for me was always be honest to the person you're talking to in front of you uh, if you're honest and you've done your business honestly i don't see an investor not buying or not understanding your position so i think that was the biggest uh, learning i got a uh, very very early on in my career that when you're talking to an investor don't throw numbers in the air don't come up with uh, solutions that you can't actually implement So talk about things that you're doing in real time. Talk about things that your business is actually doing, and how you're solving problems. And if you're stuck, get to a mentor, talk to somebody, understand how to solve it. Don't ask the investor during an investment meet how to solve a problem because he's just not going to then invest in you. Uh, it's not a student-teacher relationship. You rather have to demonstrate your ability to solve every sort of problem, and that's what an investor is looking at. I think that's that's what uh, got us there. Now, from how do you approach investors? There are plenty of uh, uh, avenues nowadays. You've got investment banks as the number one uh, sort of uh, point of reference for investors. So, in case you want an investment day on today itself, you could call up. Uh, you could Google a couple of investment banks and and call them up. These are uh, companies who connect you to investors, and of course, uh, uh, they make money while doing that. Uh, and then there are of course the, a lot of angel platforms a lot of incubators so you've got y combinator is one of the largest incubators in the world india has a lot of upcoming incubators uh, so yeah you could of, of course go there apply on the website uh, if this is all for i'm talking about very early funding of course later funding then comes from uh, vcs how you've built your company and then of course the word spreads around so investment is very uh, it's a very communal thing once you've got an investment then word spreads and everybody talks about how you're doing so so don't worry your follow up rounds would come just keep doing your business oh absolutely absolutely uh, pratik there but uh, uh, you know any any specific advice that you could uh, share with our students uh, you know when they want to launch something and if they are bootstrapping because you also uh, when you launch you are a bootstrap company right, right? yeah so i think uh, with bootstrapping uh, one 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 very strong advice i would give is uh before you decide to spend the first rupee just plan how and how long is this money going to last you that is very very important because then you know when you need to start generating serious revenue right so if you are somebody who's building a business that's not very capital intensive let's say you're a tech person you're building a app you're building an application you know how it's going to work you can do it by yourself so of course you don't need too much capital to build the technology but you need capital to market it then so then in your business plan <clears throat> just figure out your marketing budgets stroke the revenue you're going to generate and how long it's going to last you be very very careful don't think that okay i'm going to just spend 100 rupees or xyz amount in the next 3 months and then i just earn money and life will be very happy uh, it doesn't work like that plan enough especially today scenario you will hear a lot of people talking about positive businesses so businesses who've got a positive bottom line what that means is you are profit making so try to build a sustainable business with the money you have if you've even earned 1 rupee in profit i am very sure you'll find a thousand investors out there who will say okay this guy is really serious about his business he's built something of value i should invest in it true 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 that 
Pratik, there are a few questions uh, from the listeners as well, <clears throat> and I I would like to take uh, you know some of them. Sure. So Ayush, one of our listener, has asked you the question that out of all the aggregator platforms that are available in the market, right. what makes Vanity Wagon unique? Apart from the portal shortlisting process, or how can a brand not copy the same guidelines of finalizing brands in the way you guys are doing? Sure. So uh, I think one of the learnings, uh, like I was mentioning before, is you need to find your own uh, and own value proposition. So our value proposition lies in the larger sense of sustainability. Uh, we are a sustainable company. right from packaging to being plastic neutral we also uh, allow customers to become plastic neutral by paying on the website so these are very very small uh, they appear to be small sort of levers but they take a lot of uh, back end if i may put it arrangement stroke uh, collaboration with companies to make this happen so you can't become plastic neutral on on day one just because you want to be so this is all all about time right plus vanity wagon started in 2018 when there was no clean beauty marketplace in india that allowed us to scale to about 225 brands on the platform today which is the largest uh, clean beauty assortment assortment out there right so that is again one more thing that differentiates us so scale can differentiate you uh, plus our uh, customer experience stroke the way we try to uh, manage our customers something where we differentiate ourselves on and i think the last definitely would be the team uh, humans cannot be cloned so you can't find another uh, another person who's heading my team just like out there of course you could find somebody similar or somebody better but that person can't be replicated and i think we nana and me have built our team really really well uh, we have great some great people working with us uh, on our dream of building this company and i think uh, that generally helps true i think you know building the team is the most important aspect on that front true so uh, ayush had a similar follow up question as well and it says that are there any brand wise parameters that you look at uh, before onboarding a brand because you mentioned earlier when you started off you focused on mama or and and the other brands right so how has your uh, approach changed there so initially it was more about uh, creating a mix of brands that were one becoming popular uh, two uh were easy to reach because as a as a platform when you start off brands are not very friendly with you right so it's not going to happen that everybody just walks up to your door and or whoever you approach says oh wow i'm going to come on board that doesn't happen so easily so that is why i said time is of a lot of value uh when you start early in a, in any segment in any industry you have time in your hand to become a market leader and that's what helped us today finding a brand through getting a brand is not difficult for us at all but today it's about then what brands are right for us right so we differentiate brands in broadly three categories uh one category would be uh the top of the funnel so of course we are talking about brands like for essentials kama you know some really big brands out there doing some amazing work then there is a middle segment where brands are coming up these are semi young brands who have come up in the last 2 to 3 years uh doing good work and trying to become bigger and then there is of course a set a category of brands that are absolutely starting up what maybe a, a 5 month or a 6 month old brand who just came about so we make sure before we onboard a brand we understand where is a gap in our own system so if we feel we we have too many top brands and we would start working on getting the middle brands also and uh, again so it's about a business strategy uh, what we adopt in the way we sort of balance out our our portfolio then of course we choose brands on category and 
this is i think a very very long answer i can go on and on but but yeah these are some of the broad sort of uh, parameters we look at true true so uh, vilcha has another question and he says uh, hi prateek vanity wagon is not only into beauty products now you have food plus plants wellness so he is interested to know what have you planned for in the current financial year in terms of business expansion and increasing your skus sure so i think uh, i'm glad you noticed that so like i mentioned we are now actually moving towards a more personal care category we are we are uh, we realize that beauty is also followed up by somebody so let's let's take an example of a customer here uh, so a customer likes to buy clean products uh, because he values sustainable packaging or he values uh, being good to the environment uh, then that that customer also wants to buy a, a herbal tea because he feels consuming any other tea is adulterated it's, it's not good for him so that is another subset then i know uh, uh, a lot of customers who are moving into healthy consumption of uh, snacking stroke foods in that category right so now we are slowly getting into those categories because we feel it's a natural extension for our users so my users have matured to a level where they want to shop beyond beauty also from a single platform so that is what we are doing now uh, i think this year our idea of building out is a lot around building that whole uh, mix so we are definitely working very aggressively on on getting more brands in the in the wellness space this includes uh, food uh, in some sense and i'm not talking about proper uh, food like i'm not talking about uh, cereals and, and and things like those but i'm talking about tertiary food which is more like uh, your bars stroke healthy snacking and all of that plus we're also getting into dental care very aggressively now so dental care is again a category that's picking up really well in the organic space so so yeah so ex- extending on to those and of course you'll see a lot of international brands coming in so we recently onboarded about uh, 16 korean beauty brands uh, working very closely with a couple of uh, korean companies stroke american companies so you'll see a lot of international brands also coming in soon wow interesting So Pratik, uh, moving on, how did pandemic impact the online marketplace in general, and specifically when it comes to vanity wagon? Right. So I think uh, uh, the pandemic was, of course, uh, in every sense, unfortunate for most part of the world, uh, and so that is, of course, something that's not hidden. But uh, from the business perspective, digital businesses definitely flourished, uh, and you see that, right? So you see that across categories. You see how Zepto has picked up. You see how. uh blinkit has picked up you see how zomato has picked up so a lot of digital businesses have flourished because of pandemic because of course everybody was restricted in their own space so it was a great time to start a digital business or push your business more towards digital side uh but uh, i think now the markets are getting opened up in most part of the world so you're seeing a lot of uh, neutralization there so i think how vanity wagon was uh, i would call myself lucky in every sense we started in 2018 took the first 2 years to build one and a half odd years to build our first user base get to a credibility level where people were recognizing us as a marketplace in in some areas and then suddenly the pandemic came in uh, we saw a surge of online orders our our growth was about 5x in in less than 7 months and uh, and that is the time we realized now is the right time for us to pull all those marketing levers and grow the company to the next level and that is exactly what we did uh, we raised a couple of investment rounds in that time as well and uh, now we've reached a stage where vanity is an established name in 
the clean beauty consortium and uh, now it's more about going omni channel for us as well so we do realize that now we can't just be online for the longest part so we are also working on a strategy of going offline soon and and yeah so so i think this is how it has affected us uh, and generally on, online marketplace of course like i mentioned have flourished well true true so i think uh, pratik uh, i think we've had a great conversation so far so before you leave one last advice that you want to give to students who are listening to you right now so sure, i think so i uh, i definitely uh, i'm very glad that i could speak to uh, so many uh, so many students stroke uh, listeners today and i think uh, one last advice that i would definitely want to give everybody is uh, it's great to be passionate about a business be passionate about whatever you do so business stroke your uh, any professional journey that you embark on uh, be very passionate about it but at the same time be realistic understand the market before you get on uh, to a journey it could be a a professional journey by getting a job it could be a journey by starting a business but understand what's happening around you just be open uh, try to understand that okay this is the system today uh, i have to do these these things in the next 2 to 3 years to make sure i'm on top of the curve and i think if you really do study all that if you really do uh, figure out those things that are needed then i think you'll you'll flourish everywhere it doesn't have to be in a business it doesn't have to be in a professional journey you see influencers doing really well because they generally understand what content needs to be delivered so just be open be be vocal listen what's happening around you and and i think yeah you you'll you'll get it right through that through that absolutely pratik in fact uh, pratik there is one more question and i think uh, you know ashi has asked me with your permission if i can take that last piece uh, oh, yeah, absolutely know. absolutely yeah great so ashi asked uh, is there a underdog or a growth stage beauty brand or a beauty aggregator platform uh, that you regularly follow so uh, we follow a lot of companies uh, across the world uh, so i think some very interesting companies that are doing some amazing work uh, you've got folien uh, you've got uh, credo beauty in the us credo considers themselves as the largest clean beauty platform globally today because uh, they have outstretched to europe quite well so we follow them so this is on the higher end of end of things uh, from an uh, from a bottom up story uh, brand so we work with a lot of brands right so of course uh, i wouldn't want to call a brand an underdog because uh, they are doing everything to call to build themselves up but but yeah we follow a lot of brands some amazing brands are coming up minimalist is a great example it's a very young brand came up in the last 2 years and has done done some phenomenal work out there built some great products so uh, we follow all of them yeah so i i personally follow a lot of uh, beauty publications stroke uh, beauty platforms who are doing some good work and uh, i think that just keeps me updated right so i know what's happening around everywhere uh, helps me choose what i need to do true true learning never stops correct yeah so absolutely. absolutely so i think we've covered all the questions pratik and uh, you know thank you for taking out time you know you you've been really busy with investors chasing you but it was lovely having you here today on the podcast yeah no in fact so i have been chasing my investors as well so i think we both be busy chasing each other but but i'm it's a, it's been a pleasure ushuk uh, happy to come along any any time in the future and and, and talk more about anything you want to absolutely look forward to that pratik and thank you thank you for joining us today to all our listeners thank you for joining us see you next week goodbye signing off for now